This hey. is Halloween. This is Halloween. Not yet. A few more days. Trick or treat till your neighbors tell you Okay. Well, all right. Monday night again. We've yeah. kind of drifted away from Sunday nights. It's just the holy Sabbath day, and we don't believe in podcasting on Sundays. Oh yeah. Anymore, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. All right. We're. What are we doing? Uh, we're doing Halloween murders. Yeah. So, that's this week. Yeah, get with it. I was going to do one, but then it ended a few days before Halloween and started earlier in the year. So, no dice on that one. And Caitlin is giving me the weirdest face right now. So It's not weird. You're okay. weird. All right. Well, I'll go first. I think you went last time. So You got to flare out your nostrils. Okay. And All then right. lift your lip above your front teeth. And that's the face I'm making. <laughs> you can't even talk. Uh, okay. So mine is John White. John White. White. White? John White. White. Yes. Oh, okay. You've never heard it. Is that That's how King of the Hill talks. John White. No. Coo hip. Coo hip. That's some, that's Family Guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So I didn't even watch King of the Hill. Yeah, I don't Your really. Poser. No, I used to back in the poser. day. I used to back in the day. Poser. Whatever. I used to back in Name the day. All four of the dudes on there. Uh, I hate when people do that when they're like, "Oh, you like this band? Name three of their songs." Oh. I'm just like, shut up. Uh, Dale. Dale. Uh, Hank. Hank. Boomhauer. Boomhauer. Yeah, he's the he's the blonde one. And Bill. Bill. Yeah. See, I named them all. Bobby. God damn it, Bobby. Anyways, okay. Got sidetracked there. Uh, so his name's John White. Uh, he is convicted of murdering Rebecca Jane Gay on Halloween in 2012. Oh. Uh, Rebecca. A recent one. Yeah, I know. I never heard of this one, but yeah. Uh, Rebecca was his fiance's 24-year-old daughter. Um, yeah. Rebecca lived by herself in her trailer home with her three-year-old son. Uh, she was actually next door neighbors with John. Uh, John would actually often babysit the three-year-old. So That's weird. Yeah. Uh, it was, oh, it gets weirder. Uh, he was, um, so it was not like a rare occasion for him to stop by. He's technically like the kid's step-grandpa, but. Yeah. No, no. Just wait. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, so like it wasn't weird for him to stop by. So that's why she thought, oh, okay, I can let you in. Um, so when he stopped, um, by, she let him in. Um, but apparently she was not expecting him, obviously. Uh, then John immediately bludgeoned her to death with a rubber mallet, oh, then God. wrapped a zip tie. Yeah, that that one's gonna be brutal that because would take a lot of. Work. Yeah, because uh, I mean a rubber mallet is hard, but but it's not like it's not hard at the some, same time. It gets some rebound. Yeah, 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 right. So and it depends. Like if there's different weights, like. 
The one I have, really not that heavy. You'd have to give some force behind that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he bludgeoned her to death with a rubber mallet and then uh, wrapped a zip tie around her neck and tightened it to strangle her, Disgusting. which is ah, oof, that's pretty bad, too. <clears throat> um, then he threw her phone, purse, and car keys in the trailer, uh, like the trailer park had a, like a trash container there, you know, where like everybody would throw their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so he threw it all in there. Uh, then he put her body, the bloodied towels, and the rubber mallet into a large trash bag and to, um, into his truck. And then he took her in this like wooded section behind the whole trailer park. Um, then he took her car and drove it by to a nearby, it, it was called a barn door parking lot, which was like a bar um, it, that was called the barn door. And then... Um, it wanted to, he wanted to make it look like she got abducted from there or she never, like, made it home from there. Um, <clears throat> when he returned back to Rebecca's trailer, his her son was still there, the little three-year-old. Aww. Yeah. So he, he dressed this kid in his Halloween costume and took the kid to his father's house and dropped him off there. Yeah, how fucked up is that? After after he did all this. And then um, Rebecca's body was actually not found for another 20 hours. Um, they found Rebecca's blood in both her and John's trailer. Um, like his trailer home. Uh, and her necklace and blood were found in the back of his truck. What an idiot. Yeah, yeah. What an idiot. Uh, White was a pastor, so apparently he was actually a former pastor, or he was a current pastor. There was always these conflicting stories of that he, they would say he was a current and that he was a pres or a past. So like, I couldn't get a clear like clear answer. Answer, yeah. I couldn't think of yeah. Anyways, indict. Shut up. So <clears throat> he um they. There was things like articles saying, like, I, you know, got mo- I had to keep digging because, like, they were all contradicting each you other. Doug, like a true investigative yeah. journalist. Uh, I am like far a, from a journalist, so don't ever. Yeah, no, I am not anything of those. You are a bad. I'm not hound. even a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of suck. I, I do suck at this. <laughs> uh, Me too. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so he uh this is definitely different this is different what like i can i can do my job like my job job and i can do my hobbies but whenever i come here and do this it is definitely different and harder it's so hard yeah you'd think it'd be easy just like talking Talking, in a microphone and stuff but no you know what i think it would be harder to um uh interview People you hardly know. Mm, that why, would be harder. Why do you think that? To carry the conversation. And if they're giving you like short answers and then they're just like, because th- you're the one who has to keep asking these questions. Oh. And then if they See, don't, I don't answer think it that's the way. hard because I kind of do that for like my career. Uh, uh, I, I interview people. Yeah. Well. In a counseling setting. I think I could, I could talk about like my interests a lot and I think I could carry that on. 
like motocross and stuff, but <laughs> I'm just saying. But I think the interviewing part will be pretty hard. Anyways. That's fun. Uh, so her what other kind of careers would be difficult? Uh, a lot. Well, investigative journalists don't just interview. They, like, they research and... Yeah. Yeah, but, like, ones who, that is their career, like, they're yeah. traveling and going and finding... Well, yeah, but they also, like, do research. They go yeah. and look up archives. They. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't just sit there at a computer and Google search like we do. Oh, no. Yeah. Copy and paste from Wikipedia? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're much more involved. That's why I don't want to be, I don't even want to call myself. Okay, well, clearly I am joking when I call you an investigative yeah. journalist because, no. No. Nope. No. I am nothing near that. You did a story a while ago and you're like, yep, that was it. And I was like, <laughs> did they go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, I was probably tired. Okay. Anyways. So, uh. Where were we at? Um, oh, they found um, blood in her and yeah, necklace. They found necklace and blood uh, in the back of his truck. Uh, White was a pastor, and actually, oh, this is what I was saying. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. were all contradicting stories. Um, they said that he was apparently a pastor, and he had asked his congregation to pray for Rebecca after this happened. Now I looked it up. Uh, on Halloween in 2012 was a Wednesday night because she wasn't found for 20 hours. Mm -hmm. I guess it would make sense because there is Wednesday services. Yeah. Um, And it would make sense if um, because she was still found, but they didn't know who did it. So he could have still. Look at you. I'm still not an invest investigative, whatever Journal. journalist. Yeah. Um, and like, if he did the, uh, murder. yeah, if he did the murder and they didn't know who it was until that, like maybe after that Sunday, he still could have given his thing, Sermon. but yeah. Uh, but they still, there was also things saying that he was a past, like he was a pastor in the past. So a past pastor. Yeah. Past pastor. So a post pastor. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Take it as you will. I'll take it's it. It's still fucked up. Run with it. Chew it around my mouth a little bit. Choke on it. Then <laughs> Die. Spit it back out. Okay. I think he... Where was this at again? Uh, ooh, uh, what the heck? I had it here. Uh, somewhere I'm, else. I'm getting an Alabama vibe from this. Story. What's that? I'm getting an Alabama vibe from the story. Uh, was it Greenbow? Greenbow, Alabama? No. <laughs> that place doesn't exist. But uh, uh, where it was somewhere uh, up north, I want to say. North. North. That's a St. Louis accent. North. Farty far, go up north. Uh, killer. I'm listening to this podcast where they're all from um, Ohio, mm-hmm. like Kent, Ohio. And they're like, podcast. Podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Um, it's fine. Yeah, I'll f- find out. Okay. Oh, Michigan. That's where it is. Michigan. Oh. Yeah, I knew it was up north. Okay. See, I'm not crazy. 
Um, okay. Where, where was I? Uh, oh, okay. Um, so then whenever he, they caught him, they, there was like, uh, who was it? Uh, it was like a family. I think it was either his fiance said like, you so should probably her look mother. At, yeah, you should look into him. Like, oh. yeah. So, um, so then whenever they caught him, they said, uh, he was apparently, he, com- he, com- uh, admitted to it that he was viewing necrophilia pornography <gasps> two weeks what? before the attack and had fantasized about this and wanted to fulfill his fantasy. Oh no. Yeah. Which is disgusting. The also disgusting thing he is, did. Oh, disgusting. no, no, no. Did you, did you hear that though? He was watching it. So that means it exists out there. Well, people could like act. Fat, guess, yeah, fake, but, like dead. Yeah, but, but like still, it's gonna blow up, doll. Oh yeah. Can't get any deader than that. Unlifelike than that. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, I don't know. They're obviously fucked up in the head. So. I mean, he has his own issues. Yeah. Going on. So yeah, and it was apparently only two weeks before this whole happened. All happened. And, like, you know, he was just, like, so fascinated with it at the time and just, like, acted upon it. So, yeah. Um, He stated to investigators that he did not remember having sex with her, but says that he undressed her and touched her. That's all he admitted to. Um, Um, Still still gross. Yeah. But... They uh, they had enough evidence to obviously put him in jail because, like, all the stuff in the back of his truck and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, the son of a bitch killed himself, took the easy way uh, out in prison. Oh, well, okay. He I hanged himself. I wouldn't say suicide is easy way out, but... Mm, um, he didn't have to suffer in jail. He, yes. So, yeah. Look up this dude, John. You have to look up John Douglas White because if you uh, look up John White, it brings up this guy from like the 1700s. I saw that. Yeah. Conquistador. Oh my lord. Yeah, he's got a he's got a big old beard. Holy. Saint Nicholas. He yeah, looks he does like, look like Saint Santa. Nicholas. Maybe he smells like beef and cheese. Maybe he should play Santa Claus at a mall. Well, he shouldn't. No, he's dead. You are dead. Dead. Oh, okay. Oh, and the girl's so cute. Yeah, she wasn't bad looking. Oh, my gosh. She was so pretty. Yep. I mean, it wouldn't be less sad if she wasn't. Yeah, it's still a person no matter what. She's a cute, cute girl. Like blonde. This looks like a beachy. Oh, that's so sad. Yep. Well. And that poor kid now. Yeah. There's no mom. Yep. Santa, you're on the naughty list. Oh, my God. Her kid is so cute. I actually didn't see the pictures of him. Oh, poor little guy. He's got shaggy blonde hair. 
Well, I'm sad now. <laughs> Thanks for that. Are you ready? Anytime. To get I bring it to you every week. Every day, Brandon. Every day. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm playing a joke. Okay. I'm kidding. Go. <laughs> Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. The one who lives on Drury Lane. She's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. <laughs> okay, I hate us so much. All right. Yeah. That was from Shrek. Uh, we quote Shrek on our daily lives. So I was doing therapy with this little boy today, and he says, "I already told you this, but." Um, he looks at me and he goes, I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. And I just stared at him and he goes, it's from a movie. And I was like, or no, he said it's from a song. And I was like, yeah. And I started singing it. I was like, somebody once told me. And then I was like, do you like Shrek? And he was like, yeah. It's like me too. I've already heard this story. I wasn't telling you. I was telling our listeners while staring at you. So get over it. Okay, I'm doing the murder of Timothy O'Brien. It's Timothy. Timothy O'Brien. This is very infamous. Very sad. Here we go. Let's take a trip in our time machine back. 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 Let's get in the DeLorean. Get in the magic tree house. What? And go. You never read those books? No. The magic tree house books? No. The brother and sister, they get in the tree house. And you, you lost me at Reed. Oh my God. <laughs> get out of my house right now. <laughs> Wait, you're at your house. <laughs> yes. Anyways. You imbecile. Okay. I'm just kidding. You read. Sometimes. Mm. You have that book of conspiracy theories you <laughs> read. <laughs> that I never finished. <laughs> it's not like a story. I book. always read articles on like things that I do. Oh, okay. Like mountain biking things. Yeah. Okay. So not books. We're going back in time to nineteen seventy four. What were you doing? You weren't alive. <laughs> never mind. Do not say something about your dad's ball sack. <laughs> You're disgusting. Uh, you just keep going. so gross. I didn't say it. You yeah. said it. No, I read your mind. <laughs> I have that ability. Uh, You're disgusting. Okay. And you're, you have the humor of a 14-year-old boy, so uh, I knew you were going to. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Halloween night, 1974. It was, it was a rainy night. A rainy Halloween night. Stop laughing. <laughs> In Deer Park, Texas. That's where Sandy Cheeks is from. When Ronald... Deer Park or just Texas? I knew Texas. Just Texas. Um, when Ronald O'Brien was taking his children, eight-year-old Timothy and five-year-old Elizabeth, trick-or-treating in his suburban neighborhood with his neighbor, Jim Bates, and Jim Bates' young son. Um... That was a group of them, he and his neighbor and their kids, all of their kids, going around together on this Halloween night, 1974. Um, 
So the kids being too excited, I mean, we've all been trick-or-treating, I would assume. You were just running amok from house to house trying to get as much candy as you possibly can. And it was raining, so they were probably, like, running in warp speed trying to get to all these houses. Um, Which, this is going to be the first Halloween with us in this house. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, oh, I'm going to be like, kids, get off my lawn. I want to see all the cute little costumes. Oh. It's supposed to be a cold one. It's supposed to be 20-something it's degrees. It's supposed to snow. Yeah. We'll see Yay, Missouri. <laughs> Growing up in the Midwest, I could never be Spider-Man. I always had to be Spider-Man with a jacket. Okay. <laughs> For Halloween. Okay. Yeah. Um. I got it. All right. So the kids, they're super excited. They're running around. They want all of the candy they can get. They run up to a house, even though it had no lights on and no one appeared to be home. They run up to it anyway because they're like, hey, let's try it. Um, they knock. Uh, and, of course, no one answers. So Jim Bates and his son and the O'Brien kids went on to the next house while Ronald O'Brien, uh, Timothy and Elizabeth's dad, stayed behind. Um and then a little while after, Ronald caught up with the rest of the group, and he was like, hey, it turns out there was someone at that house that we knocked at, and no one answered. Um, they just came out later, and they gave, um, they came out after you guys left, and they gave me, like, a bunch of pixie sticks. They just, like, handed me a bunch of pixie sticks. So, um, Ronald had those huge pixie sticks, you know, the big plastic ones, the, like, 20-inch ones? Um, and he handed one to each of the kids um, and even gave one to another boy walking by that they went to church with that he recognized from church. Um, so the group eventually finished up their trick-or-treating. They only they kept it to the two nearest streets because it was raining um, so much that night. Uh, and before bed, Timothy O'Brien was allowed one piece of candy from the evening's hall. And, of course, he picked the giant pixie stick tube because that is just what fuels children is sugar and artificial flavoring. Um, so, have you ever had one of those giant pixie sticks? Fuck yeah. Okay. Every time I see them, I always think of, like, basketball oh, games. Oh, they're amazing. I think of, like, high school and middle school sports games because, like, that's where you'd always buy them, you know? Yeah, we, uh, have you ever been to the Mills Mall? No. Oh. Well, there used to be like a machine you could make oh, your you own. Oh, you could, yeah. yeah. Fill up your own. And there was a skate park there. So, like, sometimes oh when You're we so went there. You're so cool. Whatever. With your Bieber haircut back in the day. Yep. Okay. Um, so, for those of you who haven't ever had the unfortunate pleasure of trying a giant plastic pixie stick... Basically, it is a giant straw filled with sugar and more sugar that tastes vaguely like some type of fruit, but not really. It just kind of tastes like sugar. It tastes like artificial fruit. It tastes like powdered sugar. That's what it is. Yes, it's, that is what it is. But like, okay, so you cut the top off, usually with scissors, and you like just pour this tube into your mouth. And usually if you, like, put your tongue or your mouth anywhere on the end of the tube and you get spit in there, it'll, like, clog it up, you yep. know? 
So you have to like kind of like squeeze the tube and like squish it down. Or you just cut it off, cut a, another piece off. And then, well, you got to like pinch it and then roll it around to like break up all the like spit fused together pixie sugar. Um, you so can just cut it off. Why? You'd be wasting it then. Yeah, but it's just a little piece. No, it's not you're wasting it. So, oh, okay. That is essentially what happened when Timothy was eating, started to eat this pixie stick. Um, was that before he even put it to his mouth, the powdered sugar was all stuck in there, and he was like, "Dad, I need your help getting this out." So, Ronald, the dad, helped him get it out, and he took a big mouthful. And Timothy was like, "Ew, this tastes bitter, gross." tastes really gross so ronald uh got him a glass of kool-aid and timothy drank the kool-aid to wash away the taste um immediately timmy began to complain or yeah timothy timmy same thing um immediately began to complain that his stomach was hurting and he ran to the bathroom where he immediately began vomiting and convulsing that's crazy yeah it's that fast yeah um, O'Brien later claimed that he held Timothy while he was vomiting and the child went limp in his arms. Um, Timothy O'Brien, eight years old, died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the candy. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so Timoth- Timothy's death from this poisoned uh, Halloween candy um, prompted... Much, much fear in the community, as you can imagine. Um, So basically every parent in Deer Park, Texas, and the areas surrounding it. And the United States. Yeah. What year was this? 74. Oh. Yeah. Um, They were returning their candy back to the houses. They were throwing away all their children's candy. Um, uh, They were giving all of their kids trick-or-treating candy to the police because they were afraid that it was laced with poison. Um, and police, at first, they didn't su- suspect uh, Ronald O'Brien of doing anything um, because, like, that's his dad. Why would your own father try to hurt you? Um, was the naive thinking in 1974. Um They didn't suspect him until Timothy's autopsy revealed that the pixie stick he consumed was laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Um, So four of the five pixie sticks O'Brien claimed to receive were recovered by authorities from the other children that he had given them to. So his his daughter, his neighbor's kids... So, I think I said his neighbor just had the son, but I think his neighbor had a son and daughter as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, O'Brien's two kids, Jim Bates' two kids, and the the boy that he recognized from church. Yeah. Four of the five of those pixie sticks were, which I guess that would be the remaining because the one pixie stick was Timothy's, if that makes sense. Okay. Anyway, um... Basically, the police got uh, their hands on all the pixie sticks, and thankfully, none of the kids had, none of the other kids had consumed any of the pixie stick. Did yet. they all have cyanide in them? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? All of them? Yep. 
the parents of the fifth child, so I'm assuming this is the boy from church, um, they, like, became hysterical because they couldn't find the pixie stick anywhere. They thought that he had eaten it already. They were freaking out. Um, and, uh, like, because they didn't, they didn't know. The police called them, and they were like, hey, if your son has a pixie stick, like, you might want to get it and bring it in. And so yeah. they couldn't find it. They were freaking out. Of course, I would be, too. They run upstairs to see if their kid had eaten it yet. They throw his bedroom door open. They find him asleep on his bed holding the pixie stick. That's crazy. Yeah. He had been unable to open the pixie stick because the staples that sealed the wrapper shut. He couldn't get the staples off, and he didn't have any scissors. So how did he, if the staple was, like, it was sealed shut like this, how did he get cyanide in him? He, like, cut them open and then put the cyanide and staple it back. Ah. Um, so, I mean, he came prepared. Yeah. He, as you'll learn, plans this. Um, he probably had the pixie sticks in his jacket. He probably already had them poisoned before they left the house. He just yeah was looking for the opportunity to... Yeah. Okay. It's sickening. All right. Um, so... He fell asleep holding on to the pixie stick because he couldn't open it, so he just gnawed it off. Um, so, oh, I'm glad that you asked. All five <laughs> of the pixie sticks had been opened with the top two inches refilled with cyanide powder and were released, or, oh my god, released, I can't read. They were resealed with a staple. So yeah, he cut them open, poured the powder in there, then restapled it. Um... According to a pathologist who tested the pixie sticks, the candy consumed by Timothy contained enough cyanide to kill two adults. That's crazy. A little eight-year-old boy consumed enough cyanide to kill two fully grown people. Maybe that's why it happened quicker. I don't know. I don't know how fast it's supposed to happen. It's usually, like, relatively quick. Yeah. um, From what I have learned in history. How do you even get that? Um... I'll tell you. I won't tell you, but I'll tell you how he got it. Oh, okay. Um, and the other four pixie sticks contained enough cyanide that could kill three to four adults. Holy shit. So his son actually got the... Less of them all. Yeah. That's the one with the least amount of cyanide in it. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so at first, uh, Ronald O'Brien told the police that he couldn't remember where he, which house he got the pixie sticks from, um, and the police became really suspicious of all of his excuses because O'Brien and his neighbor had only taken their children to um, to homes on two streets, like two streets near them, like I said, because of the rain. So they were like, "You have lived here for how long, and you don't know what house." You know, mm-hmm. and the two streets that, yeah, yeah. Um. So their suspicions, their suspicions increased after learning that, um, none of the homes that the group had visited handed out pixie sticks. That's weird. Oh, huh. Um. So after walking the neighborhood with the police three times, O'Brien led them to the home that the group visited, but whose occupant had not answered the door. You remember where he apparently got the yeah. pixie sticks? Didn't we we watch something on this? No one was home. A long time ago. I don't know. 
Yeah, I feel like Oh, we it was did. uh BuzzFeed Unsolved. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um So O'Brien claimed that he revisited the home before catching up with the group to go back and see if he could get some candy for his kids. So he says he said the owner of the home did not turn the lights on, but cracked the door open and handed him five pixie sticks, which, like... Yeah. yeah. Five, really? Who exactly. Who does that? Yeah. Um, he claimed to only have seen the man's arm that reached out with the pixie sticks, which he described as hairy. Was a- it, any was, man's arm? Was it a gorilla handing you pixie sticks? How hairy was it? Do you know? Um... The home was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin. Yes, a man. Named Courtney. It's a thing. Um, I'm Melvin, Courtney. <laughs> Melvin was an air traffic controller at Hobby Airport and did not get home from work until 11 p.m. on Halloween night. So no one was there to hand out any freaking candy at his house. Yeah. Um, police ruled Melvin out as a suspect when nearly 200 people confirmed that Melvin was, in fact, at his job at the airport. That must be a popular dude. Like, 200 people were like, yeah, he was here. I saw him. Well, it the 200 people could have been at uh, the airport. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of employees. That yeah, but, like, still, that's a lot of people. That is, actually, yeah, that is. Yeah, so... Uh. Yeah. It was like, uh. <laughs> uh. Um, I'm Hedwig. Hi, I'm Hedwig. <laughs> oh. From Split. Well, and Glass. Yeah. Well, that was Glass, yes. Yeah. Good movies. Great movies. Okay. Um, yeah. As, as their investigation furthered, police learned that... <coughs> Get this. All right, I'll give you a guess as to why he did this. Why Ronald did this to his son. Because he's a dick. Is that your only guess? Uh, he's a piece of shit. Is that your only guess? Uh, kids are annoying. Think. <laughs> yes! You. How'd you know? <laughs> Believe me, I know from experience. All right. You don't know anything. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I have a freaking <laughs> scar in the shape of a child's mouth because one bit me. And a dog's mouth on two different fingers. I have two crescent moon scars. I look like a werewolf. It's from an angry five-year-old that bit onto my arm flesh and didn't let go. Okay. No, you're wrong. That is not why he did this. Mm. Um, Police learned that Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000 in debt and had a history of being being unable to hold a job. Hmm. Uh, Excuse me. In the 10 years before that he murdered his son, um, O'Brien held 21 jobs in 10 years. Oh, my gosh. That's over roughly two jobs a year. That is insane. That's a lot. How are people hiring this guy? Anyways. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so his car was about to be repossessed. Um, he had defaulted on several bank loans and had the family home foreclosed on. Police discovered that O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on his children in the months preceding Timothy's death, which means was he going to kill his five-year-old daughter too? We Possibly, yeah. 
Um, yeah, probably. In January of 1974, so 10 months before this murder, he had taken out $10,000 life insurance policies <laughs> on both of his children. That's not is, even that much. Which is nothing. $10,000 is yeah. nothing. Um, one month before Timothy's death, O'Brien took out an additional $20,000 policies on both children, despite the objections of his life insurance agency. Um, in the days preceding Timothy's death, O'Brien had taken out yet another twenty grand um, policy on each child. So at this point, he's what fifty grand on each child. Yeah, but he does. Yeah. And he's over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. So yeah, he's yeah. probably gonna murder his other kid too. Yeah. Um. Did it, was their mom around? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about her in a second. The varied. Uh, various policies totaled approximately $60,000 for Timothy. Um, you know, he did that, though, but he wouldn't benefit anything from the other kids. Unless they died. No, 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 no. The friends. Oh, Because there's five yeah. pissy. Yeah. But I don't know if it's he's like, I don't know which one they'll get, so I'll just go for them all. Right. Um. So, O'Brien's wife maintained that she did not know about the insurance policies on her children's lives. Um, police also learned that on the morning after Timothy's death, the morning after his death, O'Brien had called his insurance company to inquire about collecting the policies he had taken out on his son. What a shitty dude. Yeah. That's disgusting. The morning after. That's disgusting. After learning that O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween of 74. Um, police began to suspect that he had, in fact, killed his son. Um, so when he first visited this chemical supply store, he left without purchasing anything after he learned that the smallest amount available to purchase was five pounds. Why? So but he was like, ooh, five pounds is too much. I will get caught. So yeah. he left. Why, uh, why would they even sell that? What would you use cyanide for? Um, I'm not sure what it's used for. I'm guessing yeah. if you, like, I don't know. I'm sure, like, chemists and stuff need it. For what, though? Like, what does it I do? I don't know. I just said that. I'm just kidding. Can you pause it for a second? Why? Pause it. Hold on. Oh. Hmm. Cyanide okay. salts are used in metallurgy for electroplating, metal cleaning, and removing gold from its ore. So it's used for a lot of things. Yeah. Well, now you know. And it's also used to murder people. That's... Mm, okay. That's one of its more unconventional uses. Oops. Yep. Okay. Um, so... Police theorized that O'Brien had laced the, ca the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children to collect on their life insurance policies, which we just guessed. Um, they believed he gave the other children the candy in an effort to cover up his crime. Oh, so to make it look less suspicious that it was just his kid that died. He was willing to kill other children to cover it up. Um, the other children never consumed the candy, thankfully. Uh, police repeatedly questioned O'Brien, but he maintained his innocence. At the time of his arrest, he was suspected of theft at his job at Texas State Optical and was close, close to being fired. So he really needed that insurance payout. Although police From never his own fault, yeah. stealing. Yep. 
Um, although police never discovered when or where O'Brien had bought the poison, although he did visit the chemical supply store, um, but he didn't buy it from there, so they never really figured out where he got it. Probably the black market. Was that a thing in the 70s? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. He probably, I don't know. Okay, he was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5th, 1974, literally five days after he killed his son. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. O'Brien entered a plea of not guilty to all five counts. O'Brien's trial began in Houston on May 5th. Um, During the trial, a chemist who was acquainted with O'Brien testified that in summer of 1973, so over a year from when he finally did this, um, O'Brien contacted him asking about cyanide and how much of it would be fatal. So he had this planned out for at least a uh, year and a half. Yeah. Um, a chemical supply salesman also testified that O'Brien had asked him how much, um, a- oh, asked him how to purchase cyanide. Um, friends and coworkers testified that in the months before Timothy's death, O'Brien showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person, which, like, that is not very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Smart. Yeah, he's being very um, conspicuous. Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. O'Brien's sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he spoke of using the money from Timothy's insurance policy to take a long vacation and buy other items. People grieve in different ways, but this probably isn't a way you should grieve. <laughs> no matter. So he didn't use it on his debts. He used it on just w- He nothing. wanted to use it on taking a long vacation. Because that would make his wife feel so much better, I'm sure. Um, O'Brien continued to maintain his innocence. Uh, his defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who hands out Halloween candy laced with poison or needles or razor blades. Um, these are stories that have persisted despite the fact that there are no documented incidents incidences of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. Um, The case and subsequent trial garnered national attention, and the press dubbed O'Brien the Candyman. Hmm. Candy. On June 3rd, 1975, a jury took 46 minutes to find O'Brien guilty of capital (laughs) murder and four counts of attempted murder. Uh, the jury took 71 minutes to give him the death sentence. Or say he should have the death sentence. Um, was it carried out? Shortly, Texas. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. Good on her. She later remarried, and her new husband adopted their daughter, Elizabeth. Um, so sweet. Uh, Ronald O'Brien was confined to the Huntsville unit in Huntsville, Texas. Um, as in Huntsville ketchup? No, I don't know. Um, O'Brien was shunned and despised by his fellow death row inmates for killing a child and was, quote, absolutely friendless. So I don't know if you know this. 
But I know in female prison, especially if you're in there for murdering your child, you are like the equivalent to a child rapist. Like mm. you, you are nothing. You are at the bottom of the totem pole. Um, so I'm assuming it's the same in male prison. You murder your own child. You're probably like, yeah, sounds like it. Shunned and friendless. Um, so the inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an organized demonstration on O'Brien's execution date to express their hatred of him. <laughs> they hated him that much. They wanted to, like, um, what's the word? Rally. Gone get. Rally outside of his, outside of the building on his execution day. So after his execution was postponed three times, Judge Michael McSpadden Scheduled O'Brien's execution for October 31st, uh. 1982, the eighth anniversary of Timothy's death, and offered to personally drive Ronald to the death chamber himself. But the Supreme <laughs> Court delayed this date in order to give O'Brien the chance to appeal. Um, so, yeah, Judge McSpadden was not having it. He was like, you're going to die on the day that you killed your son, and I will personally drive you there myself if <laughs> something happens. Um so finally, on March 31st, 1984, 10 years after his son's murder, shortly after midnight, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville oh, unit. He should have got public hanging. In his final statement, <laughs> O'Brien maintained his innocence, stating that he felt the death penalty was wrong. He added, I forgive all, and I do mean all, those who have been involved in my death. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. Lethal injection is wrong, but so putting poison in him is wrong, but putting poison in his kid for yeah. $10,000 is fine. No, $60,000, but yeah. Exactly. I thought I thought that was with both kids, 60000 No. Oh. Because he took out the ten, oh. and then after that he took out twenty grand, and then right after that he took out another twenty oh. grand. Oh, well, still, that's yeah. not even that much. No, it's not at all. Um, uh, so during the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison um, and cheered while some yelled, Trick or treat! <laughs> and others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. Hmm. So the people that were there like against the death penalty, they were like throwing candy at them and yelling, Trick or treat! Huh. And that is the horrible murder of Timothy O'Brien. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I do have one for next week, but I don't know what category it would go in. It's a father-son. Okay. Let's do father-son murders. Okay. Sounds good. Great. All right. Bye. Goodbye.